Hi everyone, here is the second part of our episode on family discipleship. So we, we've talked about kids ministry and Sunday mornings. One of the other contexts or one of the other areas or environments that we wanted to, to discuss is what family discipleship looks like in the context of community. And so for our purposes here, we were going to look at what that looks like in, in community group or missional communities for us. And so um, similar to the question of what has pe- what have people thought kids ministry is, uh, a similar question exists in, in the context of small group ministry. Um, I remember when I was a community group pastor, the, the, the question that was universal in all churches was, man, how do, we, how do we incorporate kids? What do we do with kids? And so one of the things that many churches would begin to do would, was um, during community group, what you're going to do is you're going to take turns taking care of the kids, right? Like the, the single people are going to go take care of the kids, right? Or, or they need to learn how, <laughs> yeah, they need to learn how yeah. here you go. And then on top of that, it was going to be, um, if it wasn't the single people, it was going to be, we're going to hire a babysitter. Yeah. And so even in, in even in the, the realm or the, the, the context of, of small groups, uh, there was this separation from from kids and, and parents, and I understand why. Sometimes, sometimes parents needed a break. Sometimes it was a long week. Like I'm not, I'm well, not. It was like all it. the families in that group, and it was exactly. all the kids too. And yeah, so exactly. There was a and so it was, it was all, thing. it was just a lot of separation, and yeah. I understand sometimes why. However, it became, it almost became like that was the universal answer. The answer was mm-hmm. keep them entertained. Uh, get the singles to watch them. Get a babysitter. If everybody just chips in five dollars, then we can pay the babysitter, and it's not that much of of of, of a stress. So when it comes to um, small groups, like I, like I was saying, um, oftentimes the the universal answer was keep them entertained, right? And so one of the things that we've done uh, in our church in our context here in in the valley was folding kids in to what we're already doing, yeah. right? So uh, the conviction there has been the fact that children are disciples as well. And so we're not going to separate them. Um, and so, I, I, I mean, I, I'll speak to, to our group on Friday nights. So when we all get together, the kids are there. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it's, it's a little crazy. Sometimes it's not. A lot of the times we're, if not most of the time, we're folding them into to a couple of things. One, it's an opportunity for parents to continue parenting and in teaching their children what it looks like to, to, to maybe be quiet for a couple of minutes or, or sit, sit quietly, I should say it that way, sit quietly and, and listen. Or maybe it's an opportunity for the group to ask the children, hey, what do you think about right. some of these things? And so getting yeah. to hear their perspective, um, sometimes the entire night is actually um, centered around the children so that they, man, get to talk and say silly things, but also participate in the the majority of the conversation. And, th- and then finally... Um, uh, children in the in, in in within the group get comfortable around some of the other adults as they are also learning alongside them. Yes. But at the same time, you see this friendship develop. You also see uh, other parents speaking into 
um, the lives of these children. I, I think for, for me personally, one of the benefits to, to, to our group has been um, when we started our group, Seth was, uh, my son, was, was eight years old. Chunga was eight years old. And so he just sat quietly and sometimes he was drawing, sometimes he was reading, sometimes his hand would go up because he had a question. Sometimes he was full-blown participation. There have been a few times where he's like, now as a as a 16-year-old, he's flipping through his Bible saying, hey, but this is what God's word says. So how do we do this? Last week he was quoting John Owen. Um, mm-hmm. so so but apart from all of that. Part of the reason he is the kind of young man that he is is because of the men and women that have been around him, supporting him, encouraging him, discipling him, uh, coming alongside Rebecca and I. Um, like some of his best friends are like Everett. You know what I mean? Like he has these like <laughs> philosophical conversations with guys like Izzy. And so all of these individuals have just come alongside him as Rebecca and I were primarily discipling him, but they spoke into him, they supplemented, mm-hmm. they strengthened mm-hmm. our, our voice. And that has been tremendously fruitful. Um, but nevertheless, I think it's important for us to recognize that children are disciples. And yes, your Thursday night group might get a little hairy. Okay. You know, that doesn't mean you don't do anything about it. Right. You know, that doesn't mean you stop parenting. Um, but it does mean, I think, that we need to think through groups or the context of groups biblically. And we need to think through them um, with com- with conviction, right? Like par- yeah. parents are still going to be parents. Um, and, and we're not going to separate are our kids. Sometimes kids are going to be kids. That doesn't mean I stop being your parent, but it does mean um, that sometimes I just need help. Like I think as a parent, I need to recognize my limits mm. uh, yeah. and I need, I need older individuals helping and other men speaking into like, Oh yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. So yeah. What do you guys think about, about that? I, it made me think of something else right quick, just as we were talking about mm-hmm. keeping the kids involved, keeping them and Seth's grown up and the way he did and the value of that. Uh, as his comfort level goes with other brothers and sisters, just keeping them, keeping them, they think of them as family now, basically. And my kids are starting to do that as they get to know more people in the church. Um, and Mark, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're also saying at the same time, it's not that we don't value discipleship groups or people or men when we come along and having these conversations that, that kids aren't included in like, Hey, I need to confess some sin or I need to talk about some stuff. Um, but it's not a complete separation of children when it comes to discipling them. Like yes. there is a value in getting together with your men's group or your women's group or the the few people you know and saying, "Hey, yeah, it's okay. We're not. I don't think we want to. We're trying to say, hey, parents, you don't need a break. You don't need some time with your adult Christian brothers and sisters. But just in our context, we want them around because we're talking about family discipleship. Yeah, to grow them in Christ scripturally, to bring them up, and yeah." It's chaotic, yeah. It's hectic, and what a blessing that is to have that. Yeah. Because um, even though it's not, we shouldn't make it as parents about us and the quiet we can get and the separation we can get. We should make it about being solid scripturally and bringing them up in the Lord, like we're commanded to do. Yeah, right? yeah. I th- I think in 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 group life, we are thinking through folding our children in into the life of everything that's going on because they are a part of our life. They are disciples as well. 
we are full. We are as parents, as uh, as the church, we're thinking biblically and I think creatively, um, because uh, the truth about some of these, for example, when it comes to groups in, in, in here in the valley, they're always big. Like our Friday night yeah. group, when we got when we all regathered uh, a month ago, um, that's because we were still missing. I think four to six people. Um, there were like twenty seven people at the house. I think we've gone up to like over thirty in the past, and so our groups are really large. And sometimes it's like that when we are like that time we were having a big uh, party just to celebrate regathering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even last week when we gathered cracked open our Bibles, we're looking through Colossians. I think there was like 17 of us, something like that. And so anyway, the the reason behind all of that is, uh, the reason behind me bringing that up is because um, you're just not going to get the most out of everything you need within that one night at community group. That's that's why we need to think biblically and creatively. If I want to get more out of discipleship as a as not just as a parent but as an individual, then community group is the catalyst for relationship. Mm-hmm. Therefore, yeah. I need to carve some time out. If, as, depending on how valuable I I, I see that, yeah. right? I need to carve time out. Like Jay and I meet every two weeks, like and and we meet for a while because we're talking about all the feelings and all the Bible. <laughs> you know what I mean? All we're confessing sin and all that stuff. And so, but nevertheless, yeah, we're we're thinking through it. Biblically and creatively, yeah. and and I think realistically, yes. like you're not going to get everything that you need to get out of Friday night community group. Point, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and and that's actually not the point either. This is a catalyst. Yep. It's a catalyst to open your Bible with brothers and sisters. It's a catalyst to fold children into the story of God in in discipleship. It's a catalyst to um, man get some time with community and get to know others uh, so that it would actually be happening outside the context or outside the walls of, of the home. Right. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so I think, I think in, in community or small group ministry where we're discipling our, our church parents, individuals to think biblically, to think creatively and also to think realistically. Yeah. Um, that's a list that I just came up with. <laughs> taking it. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, with that being said, we'll transition to one more thing, because I think we're going to go pretty long on this one. Um, so we're looking at what family discipleship looks like in kids' ministry, and on Sunday in particular, and then small group ministry. Well, the next thing is, um, in their book, um, also in the same chapter, just a couple of uh, uh, sentences down, uh, Chandler and Griffin write this, being a parent and having your own children to raise does not relieve you of the responsibility to help other children and families in your community come to know God as well. And I thought that was really insightful mm-hmm. because that further, I think, breaks down the assumptions of now my role as a parent uh, and as a member of the church, right, as, as a person who's a part of the body of Christ, that breaks down barriers and assumptions on what I think my role is, right? Like, in other words, if my children go to kids ministry on Sunday, I'm actually not excused right. from <laughs> from not discipling uh, or coming alongside other parents as they disciple 
their uh, their children. And so we 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 are, are are helping parents strengthen and supplement their voice as, as Chandler and Griffin use. We talked about two things. We talked about accountability and and responsibility. This is for for me and as the parent and and the church, right? And so when it comes to the church, the church provides accountability for the parents in the areas of empowering. So this could be anything from equipping parents. This could be anything from providing resources, workshops, Mm -hmm. classes, tips, coming alongside discipleship. Uh, It's just general empowerment. Um, One of the other ways in which the church uh, is, uh, I think, accountable to the parent is by providing encouragement. Hey, keep it going. Sometimes encouragement uh, means praying for parents. Sometimes it means supporting Mm -hmm. parents, listening to parents, being available and present to parents. Uh, And then finally, one of the areas that I think the church is accountable to, to, to parents on is exhortation, which is which is not popular because that might mean having a fellow brother and sister come alongside a parent and addressing something that may be a little sensitive and, and parents may not want to hear it. And so um, uh, one of the things that we discussed offline was that when it comes to exhortation, um, as parents, we have a propensity to be defensive shields up yeah shields up mm-hmm. defensive and and dismissive of of exhortation and so we we talked a little bit about that speaking of that jay like what what do you what do you think that can look like uh what it could it can look like is you don't want to be told something as a parent because your perception is well you don't have kids well you don't have this many kids well you're not in my situation you don't know my life true enough you, you may not know that person's life you may not have three four five kids you may not be a single parent but you still know and love the lord and you can still provide wisdom even if you're not in that life cycle it's dismissive to say you don't know my life it, that's that's a true statement that doesn't mean there's not wisdom found in a brother and sister saying hey i see you maybe struggling with these things. How can I come alongside of you and love you? Or I need to point this out to you because it'd be unbiblical not to say something to you. I'm actually neglecting if I don't neglecting you if I don't say what I see. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to walk on eggshells around you because I love you enough not to do that. Yeah. And parents, for multiple reasons that we'll talk about later, there is an identity issue when it comes to parenting. I'm not good enough as a parent I know what I'm doing as a parent, or I don't need anybody to point that out. You don't know my struggle. It becomes very much about you as a parent. It's no longer about discipling the children, loving people well. It becomes how you identify. And if somebody thinks, especially when it comes in the context of church and Christian men and women, if somebody thinks that you're not doing a good enough job, then you start to see yourself as a failure, and I'm not doing this right, and I see them, and they're pointing these things out, and you just keep your shield up rather than saying... Or rather than being humble, like humility is a huge part of it, and it's a very difficult part of being a parent because a lot of your days are twenty four seven hair on fire, and you are actually doing your best to try to get through it. It doesn't mean that you don't need help, and it is okay to say, you know what, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Scripture tells us the role of the church is the church is not a place; it's a it's people, and for another brother to love you enough or sister to love you enough to say, hey man. 
let's let's sit down and talk. Let's work through this stuff. It's not a finger wag. It's I love you, and as part of this family, I want to come alongside and mm. help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for parents, it's embarrassing. It's frustrating. It's an pride thing yeah. a lot. And I don't think it's spoken about enough, actually. I, yeah, I, yeah. I would agree. I don't. I don't think it's spoken about often. And I think. I think to to to, to be fair, there are many experiences. Maybe you even you have even experienced them. I know I have. But um, there are these experiences that parents have had where exhortation is more of a rebuke. It's more of uh, children should be seen and not heard. Right. You need to do something about. It. So so it is done. Poorly, it is done unbiblically, it is done unwisely, and so, so some of those experiences do shape how parents may respond, which I, I think is why I think that is why we need to be incredibly biblical and intentional in the language that we use, modeling it uh, as the church, knowing that we're creating a culture that's going to take time. That means failure is going to happen, but that also means by the that also means by the grace of God that there will be fruit as a result of it. Because at the end of the day, the the, the purpose of of exhorting one another is so that we would be reminded of our identity in Christ. Is so that we would be reminded that how we parent is actually mo- uh, like motivated by um, God's glory. Um, how we parent is 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 a is a reflection of what we believe about the gospel, and uh, how we mold discipleship into the context of of families uh, is is a direct result of I think um, what we believe about the gospel and our sanctification. Yeah. yeah, you know, and so so there are more there are far more benefits to exhortation that I think people think. However in many churches or traditions or uh, um, certainly people's experiences, they, they've, they've been poor experiences tragically. Uh, and I think that's something that the church needs to, needs to own. And, and if, mm-hmm. if, in particular for us, if we're saying we're going to do this differently, then we certainly need to do it biblically, but with great intention, with great care, with a tremendous amount of grace for the purpose of seeing parents flourish right. as they disciple their children uh, so that their children would thrive and grow up into um, um, men responsible men and women, hopefully who love the Lord and follow him and serve them all their days because yeah. not just because of mom and dad, but because man, the church was serious about coming alongside um, 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 parents. I think one of my experiences, one of the, one of my experiences was when I had an individual tell me, we had a we we were having like youth, and uh, an individual was telling me that they came alongside quote unquote Seth. Uh, they came alongside Chungo and they and they said, uh, "Hey, you know, um, I actually expected you to know more. You're a pastor's kid, man." And that set me <laughs> off, man. <laughs> I was like, Excuse "Why me? are you treating him differently? <laughs> that you're not fit to lead." Uh, no, um, and he'll be dead seven years this yeah. this, this, this fall, <laughs> and we mourn him. Uh, no, uh, but but yeah, that was one of the things that that they told Seth. Like, uh, hey, I expect you to be this, and I came alongside that individual. And why would you say that? That's terrible. You're applying this kind of pressure on my son. That mm-hmm. no, that's no, that's not going to happen. That's yeah. not what it is. Déjalo. 
You know what I mean? Yes. Like I will be the parent. Like I'm not. Pa- I'm not parenting him as a pastor. I'm parenting him as a father. Right. So um, we're gonna dive into the word. He's gonna respond to it. He's gonna grow in it over time. That doesn't mean he should be at a certain place just because. I'm the pastor. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> I think that's a huge thing too. Oh, that yeah. has been skewed. Yeah. Even in, especially in the church, but just across the board in, in parenting, um, the whole pressure thing, there's so much that kids will internalize yeah. at such a young age. And even in a like healthy ish, you know, mm-hmm. household, all the good things are there. Right. Um, but yeah, if, it's not gospel centered if the if parents are not um, rooted in their identity in Christ as a child of God um, and themselves and being disciples of Jesus themselves that are constantly in need of His grace um, for for not just their walk and it's just their in their heart and that's it it's it ebbs in everything that they do yep. and so in their children they display that they're too. Um, admonish and teach their own children mm-hmm. and that. And so where grace is received, like grace is also given. And, and that's, that implies like, Hey, I'm sorry for doing this. Being the first to admit you're wrong. Yeah. Being the first to um, say it's okay that, you know, X, Y, Z didn't happen. Yeah. I, I can relate to that, to how that feels. And ultimately Jesus knows how, you feel too. Um, like just this constant redirection to, to the word, to Jesus himself, um, because of the work, um, he's done in, in them. And so that, yeah, the whole pressure thing, it, yeah, it can ruin so much. Yeah. It could, it could have like implications like later in life. There's a, like, there's a, I don't know if you guys, I don't know how much you grew up in church, but there's, we call pastors kids PKs. There, there's actually oh, yeah. a designation for them. Hey, there's a, there's a, that's, yeah. that's a PK over there. Yeah, people have told that to Chango. Like, so you're a PK, and he's that's like, no, terrible. I'm Chango. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what you need to tell them. Yeah, um, yeah. One thing I wanted to just circle back to was we we talked about the, the role of accountability and responsibility. How the church is accountable to the parent, right? So, so uh, empowering or equipping, encouraging and, and exhorting. Um, the, the flip side of that coin is that the parent also, like me as a parent, I have that same responsibility to other parents and individuals in the church. I have a responsibility to empower parents, um, mm-hmm. by, um, like inviting them over to my house to teach them or to show them how we do certain things. Maybe they're going to get ideas or answer questions. I have a responsibility to, uh, encourage parents, praying for them, supporting them, coming alongside and listening to them, Right. I have a responsibility to to exhort parents just as as much. And the truth is, um, this isn't being done primarily as a pastor. This is being done as an individual who is a member of this local church. Uh, this is me being a church member. I think I think that's yeah. one thing. Speaking for myself, individuals will think like, yeah, the pastor is outside the body of Christ because he is holy. No, that's <laughs> dumb, <laughs> right? Yeah, like the, the idea that here is like, I'm, I'm actually a member of this church. And so um, as much as, yeah, fine, culture is set from, from, from leadership on down, the, the, the truth is that if we're thinking about this biblically, everything we talked about within community, if we're thinking about this biblically, 
creatively uh, and realistically, then my role just as a covenant member is to do these same things. I'm, I'm not excused, both as a parent and as a pastor, right. I am not excused from these things and coming alongside parents as, as they disciple parents, just as much as they are responsible to do that uh, for me and my wife. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, man, do you guys have any last thoughts on on, on this, the, the, the church and family discipleship? I know we're going to continue to talk uh, about all this, but do you guys have any uh, further comments on the role of the church as it pertains to family discipleship. I think on the element of, of community, um, and we'll probably like talk about this further in the next episode in a different, in more details, but I had thought of the, the, the blessing that it is to be in godly community with other families. Um, because not only like as adults, like we, we, we lay down our pride. We have that, that opportunity to do that with each other. Um, but it's, it's that, um, it's even more of a blessing when we're consistent in those smaller gatherings and we, we fold our children in and they see that we're confessing sin and we're inviting them to, like you had mentioned, like we, we even like have the kids and invite them to like ask questions. Like we've, there's this space that's intentionally made to be safe and secure and welcoming to ask all the things and anything. And we are to, and like on the responsibility part and accountability part, like we are to point each other back to the pages of scripture and wrestle well together. Um, And so I remember having like, I, I would bring my nieces a couple times too. Um, and we'd go around the table when we'd split up like men and women uh, for prayer and things like that and, and talk a little bit deeper uh, or more in detail. And so they would get to hear that and even say, oh, can you pray for me? And they'd actually voice out like I have a test um, for something and I get really nervous with tests. Yeah, and yeah. so that just being... Um, a continuation of their learning for, for about, about God and what He can do and and who He is, and if if that's not consistent or if that's not being um, done, um, or if it's still if, the way it's being done is just like the separation and it's never like um, language is not used that it's gospel centered. It's yeah. It's, um, Faith is always going to be compartmentalized. Yeah, it's going to be um, more detrimental, yeah, and yeah. you're not going to you're going to still believe a false gospel. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I just yeah remember that. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think I think as we move forward, certainly this isn't something that we have um, said. We hey, we've arrived, we get it, we're we're doing this well. But this is certainly mm-hmm. convictions that we have been discussing over the last year that have, by God's grace. Uh, produced fruit in the lives of our church, uh, and and man, so we want to continue to revisit that conversation because we never want to say that we've arrived or that we have the right mm-hmm. answers. We want to continue that conversation so that um, parents and children would continue to be sanctified uh, for their good and ultimately for God's glory. Yeah. Um, so that's all we got for this morning. We hope you guys found this to be incredibly. Uh, beneficial i hope hopefully fruitful uh and as ever hit us up if you have any questions we will see you next week bye
The goal of this podcast is to equip our church for discipleship and mission. We want to thank you for listening in this morning, and we hope that you are encouraged by these conversations. If you'd like to learn more about Storehouse McKellen, you can visit our website at storehousemckellen.com. We'd also love to hear from you. Send us your questions to info at storehousemckellen.com.